Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. The brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset. What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come? Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done anymore. That we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not enough to be a believer. It's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it. You cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower. Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom. What in the world would it mean to pray, thy kingdom come? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations, December the 13th. And what a month December has been. Not only are we right in the throes of Christmas celebrations and celebrating the Advent and and the birth of Christ, uh, this has been quite a month of episodes. We've already heard twice now from Arizona State Treasurer Kimberly Yee. uh, And I am so thrilled today to be joined by another legend in Arizona politics, Uh, not just a legend in Arizona politics, but a champion of school choice, education choice for parents and religious liberty here in the state. And that's our good friend, Stephen B. Yarborough. And I'm going to read Steve, if you don't mind. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So glad you could be here. Uh, Stephen B. Yarborough is a former Republican member of the Arizona State Senate representing District 17 from 2011 to 2019. Yarborough served as state Senate president from 2017 to 2019. Uh, He was unable to run for re-election in 2018 uh, to the state Senate because of term limits. Uh, Yarborough previously served as state majority leader from 2015 to 2017, uh, and he served in the Arizona House of Representatives, representing District 21 from 2003 to 2011. Uh, Steve, wow. <laughs> <laughs> A glutton for punishment, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't, and that's, I think, we were just reflecting, that's sometimes literal. Yeah, you, true. You've taken uh, some bumps and bruises uh, on behalf of Christian school families and, and parents over the years, and, and I can't tell you how grateful how grateful we are. And, and, you know, to say that, to say that you're a champion of school choice would be an understatement. One of your campaign websites represented your position on education in Arizona is, I am committed to improving student academic achievement for Arizona K-12 students. School choice, high school, or excuse me, high Arizona created 
standards and delivering more resources to the classroom are key components for accomplishing this goal. That's a, that's a powerful statement. And I, as I look at that, that the high academic achievement through state standards, I get that. Resources in the classroom, I get that. But for our families, could you explain your passion for school choice? Why has that been for you a driving force within your career? And, and I love the fact that you link it to academic achievement. Could you draw that line for us? Well, I'd sure be happy to try, Jeff. Uh, I, I think it's really pretty clear. There is a large amount of high-quality, peer-reviewed academic literature from numerous sources, such as EdChoice, the Manhattan Institute, the University of Arkansas Department of Education Reform, ACSI, the American Federation for Children, and the Excellence in Education Foundation, and numerous others that strongly demonstrate that when parents have meaningful school choice available to them, not only do the students exercising choice experience significant improved academic achievement, but those in public schools facing increased competition do better as well. The saying that a rising tide lifts all ships is very true, particularly when it comes to school choice and improved academic achievement. Wow, well said. Yeah, well said. And I think when you say peer-reviewed literature, it's just, especially during this pandemic, oh my goodness, it has become so abundantly clear beyond the literature. I think families realize it within their own family rooms on a nightly uh, basis. And you'll see one of the ways, one of the many ways in which you've championed school choice is as the executive director of the Arizona Christian School Tuition Organization, uh, an STO that facilitates the Arizona Tax Credit Scholarship Program. Uh, Northwest Christian families have benefited uh, as a, and the school truly demonstrates that tax credit scholarships can truly allow for participation in educational opportunities across all demographics. And if you were to come onto our campus today, you would you would see an incredibly diverse community. Uh, you would see individuals that that sure there are some families that that without the help of state uh, tuition tax credits might be able to afford Christian education. But I can tell you that within a within a fourteen million dollar budget, over sixty percent of the revenue that comes in is need based state tuition tax credit scholarships. And so. Steve, thank you. And as you look at the state of Arizona, as you look at the politics, what do you see right now is in terms of risks and opportunities that are in front of this program or in front of the state, maybe school choice uh, generally? Well, I, I see a ongoing threat to, to school choice uh, in Arizona. Every year, uh, there is a plethora of legislation introduced at the Capitol designed to harm the scholarship tax credits or the, or the ESAs and, and to pull back and to try to diminish uh, the positive impact uh, that, that these scholarship programs are having to help make Christian education affordable for increasing numbers of students. And you are quite correct. Uh, much of this money is is based on financial need and as it should be. And uh, that's what we're, we've been able to accomplish and look forward, hopefully, to continuing to do that uh, going forward for many years. 
Well, if there were if there was a call to action, if there was something you could put in front of our families or just families in general that are supportive of school choice, what would you point us to? What what direction should we take? Well, quite honestly, I think the key is for parents and others who are pro school choice to support candidates for the legislature and governor who are like minded. Uh, I think folks should scrutinize candidates regardless of party carefully and look especially uh, where they stand on school choice and I must say life as well. Uh, for example, the Center for Arizona Policy and the Arizona Catholic Conference uh, both do nonpartisan candidate surveys and ask candidates where they stand on school choice. I think that is a useful, objective resource that our families should be looking at. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our families can can look no further than the headlines. Uh, recently, the election in the state of Virginia uh, showed two things. Number one, parents do care about education. They want to be involved. But it also, I thought, kind of illuminated, if you will, the insidious nature of thinking that some people hold with regards to whether or not parents should be involved in the educational choices pertaining to their children, whether it's curriculum or, or school or what have you. Yes, and 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 I think as the results uh, of the Virginia governor's race indicates, uh, I think people, regardless of their political party, uh, care about the education of their children. I think that's universal, yeah, and and uh, so. I, I confess that I was pleased that perhaps that that will send a signal, you at least hope so, that, that would say, let's do the right thing relative to educating our our students. Yeah. And there there are some that are describing the shift in, in polls uh, after that race became an educational uh, conversation. The shift was close to 40 points in the polls. And, the, and some some pollsters are describing it as the most violent shift in, in the history of American politics. Unbelievable. You know, Steve, the, the fact that you are and have been a champion, uh, a really a cornerstone of school choice in the state, uh, earlier today at a meeting, I called you the architect of school choice in the state of Arizona. What I didn't realize is that there had been uh, a writer uh, for an unnamed major newspaper in, in the state of Arizona that had used that same term, uh, maybe in an un unflattering way. Uh, there's an expose, uh, several exposés that have been written about you. I think the one that I enjoy hearing is the one in which it was revealed that you drove a luxury car. Uh, what was that luxury car? <laughs> yes, well, uh, that, that was one of the uh, accusations that was criticizing uh, me at the time. Uh, the luxury car was a, a three-year-old Prius that I was driving from my home in Chandler to the Capitol every day. Uh, and so, and, and of course, the challenge is when the, that appeared on television, there's very little that you can do about that other than just grin and bear it. All right. Right. And I would I would imagine on our campus there's some freshmen and sophomores that would see that as a lecture. <laughs> maybe well, so. So maybe some of those attacks are sophomoric in, yeah. in nature. I don't I don't know. But how do you deal with that? I mean, honestly, you've taken, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of bumps and bruises on behalf of school choice, on behalf of religious liberty in the state. How do you bear up under that? Well, I I will concede that that uh, there were times when it was very, very difficult. And, and I really wondered what in the world was I doing in the public arena at all. 
But I decided uh, after much prayer and consideration that I was going to, going forward, consider those attacks as an affirmation that I was doing my job and hopefully doing it well. And that sort of became my own uh, mental uh, defense to, to those uh, attacks that, that came regularly and uh, sometimes uh, a bit viciously. But if you're going to be in public service, you're just are going to have to have a really thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, you've borne that well. And, you know, there's another area, uh, religious liberty and, and the sanctity of life. Uh, the way that you explained your position on abortion and the sanctity of life in your website uh, is really powerful. I like the way you said it. You said abortion is the ultimate denial of due process of law relative to the unborn child. You go on to say it is an American tragedy. As long as we deny the fact that an unborn child is a human being created in God's image, we tear at the fabric of our nation. There's two things here I'm hoping you'll comment on. Number one, what when can you explain for our students when you say that abortion is the denial of due process? What, what do you mean by that? Well, I'll give it a go. Uh, I am a lawyer by uh, training, uh, having practiced law in Arizona since 1972. And even the worst criminal in America is afforded a plethora of constitutional rights which are available to him before he would be subject to the death penalty. That is what we call due process. An unborn baby killed by abortion has virtually no due process whatsoever. No attorney, no hearing, no right to appeal, basically no rights to due process at all. And if there was due process, why would not the innocent, the most helpless, be the ones who are killed? The fact that a baby's mother can take its life without any real due process is an American tragedy, and, and it does tear at the fabric of this country. And yes, in my view anyway, it is truly an offense to our Creator God. Yeah. You know, Alan Sawyer, Dr. Alan Sawyer, uh, is with Samaritan's Purse, Franklin Graham's relief organization, previously a, a guest on this podcast, and he's developing a course for the Frameworks program on Christian healthcare. But within that, you know, he's traveled all over the world to hot spots, and he's one of the first uh, physicians into an area, whether it's devastated by natural disaster, by plague, uh, whatever. And so recently, uh, I heard him ask the question, I said, "What? what is the most dangerous place on earth, in your view? And his answer stunned me. He said, it is the womb of an American mother. And that's, that's tragic. You, you allude to, um, you know, also within your quote, you allude to this idea of Imago Dei, that we are created in, in the image of God. I love that because that it harkens right back down to Christian worldview. Absolutely. Yeah. So religious liberties in our state and in the nation generally are under attack. As, as you look at the cases that are winding through the courts nationally, as you consider recent decisions in the courts, uh, are you optimistic about religious liberty in our nation? And what do you see as the greatest risk currently? I am a bit optimistic that our U.S. Supreme Court will be at least fairly bold about protecting religious liberty. They've been pretty solid relative to school choice, including our personal win 
in 2011 uh, in the United States Supreme Court in a case called ACSTO versus Wynn, and more recently a case called Espinoza versus Montana Department of Revenue. Uh, both cases upheld important school choice principles. And so I, I'm a little optimistic on that front. Good. Well, that's good news. I love to hear that. And, you know, finally, as we as we close, Steve, uh, you truly are a difference maker in the culture, uh, which is an aspiration for many of the students that will be listening to this podcast. What words of advice or encouragement would you offer to students who would who aspire to make a difference in the culture? Well, I would simply say that I think they should be bold about putting the principles that they are learning at Northwest Christian School into action. Believe that you can make a difference and then go for it. Regardless of what career choice you may ultimately commit to, know that you can advance God's kingdom on earth through efforts that you make. Wow. Well, Steve, thank you. Thank you for your time today. I, I just want you to know how grateful I am personally uh, as the superintendent of Northwest Christian School, but but more specifically, uh, there are 1,500 students and all their families at the corner of 43rd Avenue and Bell. Uh, our online students, our framework students, we are so grateful for all that you have done over the course of your career uh, within Arizona and really around, around the country to fight for the opportunity for parents and students to choose the educational forum uh, that best serves their needs. And and Steve, in addition, you've been a, a real champion, as we've talked about today, of religious liberty and, again, uh, gratitude. So thank you so much. And folks, thank you. Thank you for listening to another wonderful, wonderful Kingdom Culture Conversation. Take care. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.